Zootopia tonight. Good evening, John. How are you, my friend? How's your evening going? Going good, man. How about you? Going good, man. Going good. I'm really excited. We I feel like so much has been going on. You've gotten that uh the www.dystopia tonight website is 100% good to go on the guest Absolutely. links. Absolutely. Yeah, man, that was I that you know how long I've been working on that. So that was nice to finally get. I couldn't even believe it. So the dystopianight.com website, uh, you guys can go to it. You can see all the podcast stuff up there, all the YouTube videos. Every interview is up. And now there's a guest page, which is what I've been working on for so long before I started to really plug the site. Every single guest we've had on the show is up. They've got their own profile photo on there. They've got uh, links to where you can find all their merchandise, their websites, their tour dates, and a complete bio of the guest plus whatever episodes they were on on our show. Nice, nice. So that was important to me to get up. And, and John didn't want to do another guest thing, so we have an incredible guest back. We got to spend, <laughs> we, we got to spend this is our third time hanging out with him, and I've had yeah. nothing but good times every time we've hung out with this gentleman. If you missed the last one, you have to go take a look on YouTube at on YouTube at Dystopia Tonight, where we have all of the full interviews. Or if you can't do that, the man has an incredibly soothing voice. And he's <laughs> over on Apple, Spotify, anywhere you listen to it. We'll get his website up on here, too. But uh, yeah. we spent our St. Paddy's Day with him, this St. Paddy's Day that just passed. We did. Yeah, he was nice. It was the, it was the first uh, it was the first St. Paddy's Day of the show. We're yeah. all, we were all still locked down due to COVID. And uh, he was nice enough to come on and drink with us and bullshit. And fucking we had... That was one of... Uh, our early shows and one of my favorite fucking episodes still one of my favorite episodes because he's so yeah. much fun to talk to and we just had a blast with him and even on the ms thing just fucking killer man he came on he crushed it hung out with us for a while um and i think we have a clip right yeah so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play this clip as you guys make your way on over from facebook and instagram over to the twitch page at www.twitch.tv backslash dystopia tonight because then you can join us in chatting with him we're gonna play this clip as that happens we're gonna fade off of the facebook and instagram side only be on the twitch side join us over there to talk to us about it and when we return we will be back with the incredible keith roberts <laughs> what else can you do come on everybody who's ever been on stage you pop you fall down sometimes. The worst thing for me was just last year, I fell completely backwards in the middle of the gig. And after the gig, I just laid there kind of laughing out of embarrassment, <laughs> get back up again. And after the show, I go, Jesus Christ, can you believe that? And they go, what? I go, what? <laughs> what? When I fell ass backwards and almost landed in the drum kit, they go, when did that happen? I'm like, you guys don't fucking care about me. Do you even realize I'm out there with you for Christ's sake? I just, but can, I, I know. can I interest you in a little? Can I interest the guys in your band in a little recovery? <laughs> well, what's going on, man? How you doing, boys? Good. Good. Man. That, so that was a lovely you. introduction, and all I could think was. If I'm a great guest, geez, you're not getting enough guests. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just so happy to realize I'm not wearing the same fucking shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, I had such a hard time editing that clip because it literally, that story, the way you tell it, the timing fucking killed me. I was cracking up. It's just, just putting it together. That's that's the truth can be funny sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it was that. Uh, I wish I was making it up, but... Uh, yeah, it's that's it's the the joy of of when you realize you've been gigging for years and everybody's on sort of autopilot up there, mm -hmm. and yeah. they're just doing their own thing. And you know, meanwhile, like one of them has been knifed and beaten up and attacked and <laughs> robbed and you know all the rest. But we're all up there just going, "Yeah, man, Irish stuff." <laughs> isn't this happy music? And the crowd, even the crowd's going, "Behind you, he's being attacked. He's being <laughs> sodomized over the bass kit." 
and you're just going, dude, yeah, all right, man. You know, I know. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. Look at that. I've, how long have I been on the air? I've already used the word sodomized. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, lads. Dragging the show into the gutter as I do. That's our secret word of the evening. So, <laughs> special prize if that yeah. pops up. Tell them what they've won, Tom. Uh <laughs> Cream. <laughs> oh, God, a man. A soothing aloe. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be nice. Uh, so, what have you been? You're back on the road now and shit, right? I am. I'm well, we did the whole March thing and then we took a couple of weeks off. We took April basically off. And mm. uh, then we'll uh, we hit it May 6th and then we'll be out pretty much to leave till end of September or something. So fucking awesome, man. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, <laughs> I should be going. It's, it's so great to be back out with all the people yeah. and seeing the faces. But uh, that was last summer. <laughs> this summer is just back to jaded old me again. And like, yeah, we're doing it again. Oh, man. No. That, that turnover is fucking quick. Like when you're like, I'm never going to take this for granted again. And then like yeah. two months go by and you're like, I fucking hate everyone. <laughs> exactly. Well, and we found that, you know, I overdid it because of the March thing. It's, you know, St. Patrick's Day in, in America is, is probably the most celebrated than anywhere else, you know, in the world is here. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so there's so many offers and I always want to do the best shows. I, I don't care where they are, how far away from each other they are. Right. So we, we ended up at the band just sort of trust me to, to work with the agent and work this out. But I see their faces on the road and they're looking at me and I'd love to be able to say, you know, I don't know what fucking asshole did this. This is ridiculous. But they all look at me like, Oh, you really, you don't know what fucking asshole did this. So we played on the week of Paddy's day alone. We'd already been out for two weeks, but that week we played Philly Tuesday, Grand Rapids, uh, Thursday, Los Angeles, Friday, and then wow. Paso Robles where, where I'm living uh, Saturday, just so I could get my lift home and stuff and be wake <laughs> up in my own bed. But it was, it was one of those things where every morning, you know, you got four hours kip and then you're at the airport and you're so reliant on the airlines not to screw it up and to be and not to lose your guitars and all the rest of it. So they were just looking at me like, why? We could easily get in the van and do four California shows and probably, but I'd like, no, we're doing Philadelphia, we're doing Grand, <laughs> Grand Rapids, Michigan, the heart of it all. <laughs> but yeah, so there was a, we were, by the time everybody left, it was kind of more like, a, when we all met in Denver on the 2nd of March, it was like, hey, what's going on? And then on the 18th of March, it was like, see you later, fuck off. <laughs> I'll see you when I see you. <laughs> yeah, no text messages, no Zoom calls. Yeah, exactly. Nothing. No, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny, man. All the all the like uh, the little uh, apps and group texts and group messages. Everybody, my friends and I all set up during the pandemic. We couldn't see each other. Those things are fucking ghost towns. Like no, like no one, no one gives a fuck. I know. Um, now when you write it, they're like, "This still exists." I know. Yeah, exactly. They're like, I know. Oh I'm, I'm so useless with technology though that I always just imagined that like weeks later. You just uh, you flip it on, and somebody from a show, you know, three weeks ago has forgotten to 
turn something off and you just see them like doing something really embarrassing in the background <laughs> and you just go oh fuck is that what's his name and you just put him up on this put, you, like he gets one of these little boxes anyway and it just goes on in the background scratching his ass and yep do, do, pulling a, a jeffrey tubin oh <laughs> god yeah or whatever that poor bastard i know but, uh, <laughs> You know, what I, you know what I love is that that guy had to go back on TV and they had to talk to him like like 99% of the people in the country don't fucking masturbate. You know what I mean? But they were like, I, I, why don't you tell us what you did? And he wa I wanted him to be like, I was fucking jerking off. I don't know. I know. You know the I thing about bored. it is what I don't understand is like the amount of money in the old days that was spent on porn. So you had something to jerk off to. He's yeah. able to jerk off to CNN. <laughs> I, I mean jesus christ what was exciting about wolf fucking blitzer right you know, that was getting them that turned on I, I i'm impressed that the man is is able to be as excited about <laughs> news about breaking news yeah, yeah. Uh, as uh as, as he was I've, what if I've, that's I, his kink what if that's the only way he can get off as if it's like a tragedy thing. it must be that because i mean ask yourself have you ever turned it on and, and seen you know some reporter on cnn and thought you know what? I'm going to go upstairs for a minute. That's uh, <laughs> Anderson Cooper is has done something different with his hair. No, he hasn't. It's exactly the same as it's been since day day one. But I can understand women maybe getting a little, you know, Jake Tapper action or something. But but, uh, but for for me, I'm just always wondering how people like Wolf Blitzer became as big as he did with the worst broadcast voice. Oh. I'm Wolf Blitzer. You're not. <laughs> we're, to, uh, we're in the Situation Room. I'm like, yeah. Jesus Christ, big guy. <laughs> he's got the coolest fucking name in all of journalism, and he's such a yeah. pussy. You know he's what I mean? Coolest... Like, it's such a waste. Absolutely, and I mean, I can't really knock him or Anderson because I'm obviously going for a similar look these days. But I did, <laughs> but I didn't do that on purpose. No, but you're. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is, this was he's nature. Got this Charlie me. Brown head is what he has. It's very weird and like a, yeah. a, a like a, a very cartoonish beard. Like somebody just snapped it onto his face. Maybe when he gets up, if you see him actually leaving the desk, he's like pulling a blanket and starts sucking his thumb or something. <laughs> that, that would be awesome. You just see, I'm over to situation room. <laughs> that'd be so, that'd that'd be would be a, that would be breaking fucking news yeah <laughs> that'd be amazing yeah it's weird man i know my friends and i used to talk about things we used to do to stay up awake like on the road and everybody would say like did you ever, i mean you must have fallen asleep a million times on the road they would be like roll the window down take your socks off blast music none of that my brain adapted to all of it yeah. Like, I would just incorporate it into dreams when I was falling asleep behind the wheel. Yeah, we just did cocaine, but I know what you mean. <laughs> you mean. It's uh, no, no, we didn't. Yeah. No, we didn't. Oh. I would just say, I would just say to the band, "Hey, I've got a great story," and they were all fucking out in like thirty seconds. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Everybody else got it except me. <laughs> one of my friends man i we, we start, used to jerk off behind the wheel to stay awake and i'd be like i would be afraid that the only way i could come is if i stopped short you know what i mean like if that was like <laughs> could you imagine if that was your affliction you just do it so often that you're like brave unless you break and scream truck i can't come it's, it's a damn good job reason you got this going and didn't get into fucking uber isn't it <laughs> i'd be like so uh where are you going <laughs> whole new experience it's like <laughs> i am taking a fucking star off you john that is, that is just that's way too familiar <laughs> oh god i'm giving bad ratings to my passengers did not give me a hand 
<laughs> saw that I was struggling, would not take the wheel. Apparently did not appreciate the fact that I was just trying to stay the fuck awake. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm doing this for you, people. This is for you. This is for Your you. benefit, not mine. They're going to be like, did you try peppermint? Lemon? <laughs> <laughs> the guy's like leaning over with a fucking little spoon. Put this up your nose and put your dick away. Jesus. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> oh well this i love it 12 minutes in and we've already derailed to dick stuff it's great yeah we've just we've really basically we've probably lost everybody at this point there's a little, little offense to go around this is when i start with, this is when i slip in a serious question so when you were a child yeah how did you feel <laughs> you were abandoned um when the no. bus driver was trying to stay awake <laughs> on the way to school I know you're bringing back flashbacks of my my Irish, my, my deeply flawed Irish Catholic upbringing. Oh God, yeah, that's what, you know what's weird is that they, I feel like Irish families are very they they they're not good at being intimate, but it seemed like the priest had no problem hugging and touching and shit. How did that work? I don't know, but it's the way you said family being intimate. I'm thinking we're gonna fuck an upbringing that you have, but I, but I know what you meant. Like I can't believe you didn't find your sister attractive. No, but it, it was definitely uh the funny thing was we grew up there were certain there were the untouchables you know there was the the policeman the priest mm, yeah. and uh, the doctor that's what i always remember you know the doctor they did house calls so you'd be there as a kid with a sore throat and the doctor would come and he always had his little bag and he'd open it up and the, he'd you know all, all the usual stuff but then he'd always have candy with them pastilles oh. they were called and he'd always give us a pastille. And I, I mean, it was, it's one of my fondest memories of thinking you were never, if you were sick, you weren't worried because you knew Dr. Marr was coming to the house and he was a real sort of grandfatherly character. Uh, but then, you know, every mother in Ireland wanted you to be an altar boy because that, she, she wasn't quite wanting you to be a priest because she still wanted you to get a job and, and, and be able to pay for her in her old age. So <laughs> nobody, nobody was quite into like giving everything to the church. Wait, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just be an altar boy. There's no reason to give everything. Um, and so we were just, you know, we joked about things. I remember in those days, I went to an all Catholic school presentation brothers and uh, mm. we joked about, you know, oh, don't don't get stuck in the office with brother, whatever, on your own or whatever. But to us, I, I never experienced anything weird like that at all. They were always really cool teachers, to be honest with you. Nice. Uh, yeah. So I was I, I wasn't shocked, but it did. It, it was weird. The fact that there were such atrocities going on. And yet I felt like I'd been a part of that system big time. Oh. And I hadn't seen it. So. It just it, it goes to show and it's something like my mother was really freaked out about it because she's still very Catholic, very uh, into the whole thing was that there were obviously a lot of bad apples to use the sure. totally in a, in not nearly strong enough term. Yeah. But uh, but there Did were there were bad actors, but there also were priests who were amazingly great yeah. at, at, at dealing with the kids and and educating the kids. And they were dedicated literally to just doing that. They That was their life, basically, was teaching at the school. So I felt yeah. bad for the ones that got dragged into it that, that really had been decent, upstanding people, you know? Right. Yeah. Did it ever make you feel unattractive? That you had never been approached well, in any know, way, shape, it, or form? It, it, it really, you know, years later, when I look back at it, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought I, mean, I was a stud. I, 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 was, I, I mean, I had the uniform. I wore it kind of loose sometimes. <laughs> let the fucking tie hang down a bit. No. I, uh, no. But I but I did, uh, it did sort of it would bring to your mind where you wanted to go back mm. to, to Ireland visiting 
and just yeah. go up to the priest and go, what the fuck was going on with the rest of you? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, even in school, we had a priest who, uh, you know, college, we had a, I can't even remember what they call it, but it's sort of like a mentor type deal. But he'd be a Catholic priest. And to me, it was sort of always a little bit like the way you're at the gym and the army recruiting guys there. Like, hey, oh. so ever thought about the army? You know, you're just casually chatting. You know, right. so you'd be chatting away to the priest and he was being real cool. But suddenly he's like, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this before, but, uh, you know, you've got a great understanding of Jesus and maybe you should consider to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you know, I'm just chatting to you about other stuff. I'm still going to be doing all the nasty shit and getting a real job and loads of fucking money and hanging out with birds. But, <laughs> but, but this one guy, when John Paul uh, became the Pope, things got real casual and he stopped wearing his collar and oh. he'd be hanging. I don't know if you guys have watched Fleabag. Yeah, oh yeah, love Fleabag. Yeah. Well, remember great season show. two of Fleabag was all about the, the Irish priest who yep. was just yep. just a little too cash. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but but that's he reminded me so much of this guy who would in our another typical Irish thing in, in in University College Dublin UCD where I went we had a bar because drinking age is eighteen so we had a yep. full rock and bar where bands played and you'd finish nice. school at maybe five o'clock your bus was leaving at six you'd run in grab a quick pint uh say hi it was a real social uh way and i mean i remember even doing tutorials in there i remember a guy teaching me about plato while i was slamming pints and he was actually using the pints as a some sort of a teaching thing and i was thinking to myself wow this is really working great but i won't remember a fucking thing because i'm getting shit back. <laughs> but, but i actually did quite well in that class uh, after that tutorial but anyway so we would he would be in there with us you know we'd go in back in on friday nights be great bands playing and uh, he'd be hanging with us. And I remember thinking, this is how it should be. This yeah, guy, yeah. there's no barrier between us and this guy. But yet he's extremely ha helpful and gives great advice and is, 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 seems to be really taking an interest in what everybody's studying and all the rest of it. And then something happened. I don't know what the fuck happened at the Vatican. And all of a sudden they were all back in the collars again. Uh, yeah. And I think it was still with John Paul. I think something went down and they, they decided that maybe the priest were getting just a bit too casual. But, it was, uh, <laughs> but that to me was a much safer way. Plus, we never could understand Protestant priests could be married. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you, and you just don't hear stories about them. I know. Um, I didn't understand that when I was a kid and, either. And, and yeah. And yet it's a very, very... There's a fucking fly here. Fuck off. I'm the one. Listen, <laughs> 28 years in the business to get on this fucking show. You can't just, you can't just wander on like you're some sort of fucking... Anyway, sorry, lads. Um, but so, yes, the... Uh, where was I? Oh, yes, knocking the Chatley Church. And uh, <laughs> the other thing was we couldn't understand why during communion, they all got to sip the wine. Oh, so yeah. So it was like, you got your yeah. communion and you got to drink a little drink. And I'm going, what the fuck? You know, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe old Henry had something going here, you know, the, I mean, yeah. besides, yeah. besides the chopping his ex's heads off, which obviously was a little bit too far, but, but the wine, <laughs> the wine, you know, well yeah. done. Well done, yeah. Henry. Yeah. The ex thing might not be a bad idea. I don't know if you watch that Johnny Depp, Amber Heard courtroom oh. thing going on, but you're like, that's rough. Yeah, it's rough. I also love the, the way that now everybody gets to comment on everything. Oh, so, I know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, I really hope. She did beat the shit out of him and he didn't hit her because she's fucked. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's Every, exactly yeah, what happened. Everybody hates her now. But I did see the other night, you know, I was watching the, the YouTube clips or something of the various people talking and it really did not look good for her at all. No. But then, then all of a sudden, some other weird clip got sent to me 
where he's in the house and he's obviously off his head and he's punching uh, cupboards and all. And I was thinking to myself, ooh, okay. Yeah. That doesn't quite vibe with what he was saying. Yeah, well, but, you know, yeah. the thing, yeah, exactly. But it's one of those things where, like, I love that there's, like, an ice. I, I feel like either I'm crazy half the time because I want to be like, did you guys not have parents that fought? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, any of that shit, like, like any people will, like, you know, write an article and blow up a whole fucking story about like, you know, uh, somebody saying some shit in a text message or yell. I'm like, God, the shit my parents said to me, like if I got a, you know, if they were angry at me on a Wednesday, like, I don't know. I don't take any of that to heart. Like I didn't think, you know, I'm not carrying that shit around with me. You know what I mean? They weren't abusive, but it was like, if you're angry, my family's all Italian. If you're angry, you fucking say exactly what you think in that moment. And then five minutes later, you're like, so are we ordering out for dinner? Are you making Gavadio? What's going on? Like what? What's the you know? And then that's it, and it's over, and it's fucking done. And people are like, they yelled at me, and I'm like, you, you, sometimes I mean, you need that, to yell at. It's the whole thing now, you know. My my kid's 19, and uh, he's he had a very different upbringing than I had, mm-hmm. which is which is you know just the way it is nowadays. Uh, much more. You know, I, I didn't quite go the, uh, you know, we never say no. We say, <laughs> we say why. I didn't do that. I was like, no fucking way. You know, I, I, de- I definitely had that going on, but, yeah. but n- never laid a hand on the kid. Uh, yeah. And I never thought about it or came close to it even. But it was, you know, when I grew up, you got whacked. I mean, that's what you sure. did. You, you did something yeah. wrong. You got whacked. And and uh, I'm not, you know, to be honest with you, probably did me the world of good. And, uh, and may- maybe, maybe it's. It, it, there's an argument out there about which is better, but all I knew just personally, I I just never was that type of person to thought. I, I used terribly mean, crushing words instead <laughs> to, to completely demean the child. <laughs> send him in. He was like, "Why did you just punch me? You fucking asshole!" It would have been way better. But but the thing is, the what I really get from the Johnny Depp thing and looking at it is, and a lot of people commenting at it. There really is, and, and again, it's only on your show. I think I say shit that could get me in trouble. But there's, <laughs> especially that Paddy's Day night, as, as the alcohol was sinking. Yeah. You, you, you're welcome. <laughs> but it, it was one of those things where it goes definitely without a doubt a woman can abuse a man, a man can totally. abuse a woman. You know, yep. the male thing has obviously been well documented, and a lot of assholes were exposed during the Me Too, beginning especially the Me Too right. and all. But like a lot of people have said, there was there was, there was some, a lot of false accusations too, and some yeah. some careers got destroyed, and we'll never really know what the hell yeah. happened to to a lot of these things. The obvious ones were when there was physical evidence, and obviously the idea that anybody that has an accusation should be heard. Sure, th- th- that's true, but should you be heard in a safe environment where your accusation can be investigated or should you be heard on the fucking internet right away where the guy is a dick right now without any any right. investigation or anything yeah. the one that got me the worst as we think we talked the last time a little bit about politics but we don't have to get into that but al franken oh that, yeah that, man that blew, that blew me away there, there was a guy that i was getting excited <laughs> about what i thought he was going to do to help the fucking country yeah you know yep. and being on snl being a comedian listen you guys know backstage shit happens sure. funny funny stuff happens i will never be able to run for any position because of the pictures of me that are fucking out there <laughs> uh, god knows what the hell they would dig up 
Um, <laughs> yeah. But but the idea that is that what I did at nineteen backstage drunk right. at a gig, uh, and I'm not saying I did anything seriously wrong, but maybe I took a no, picture. No, no, I hear you. But but the the fact it like I'm definitely not saying it. Don't start people <laughs> investigating. Do not start investigating me. Tom, why don't you but, bring some of them up now? Suddenly, <laughs> yeah, like suddenly, another little box fucking pops up on the right, and there's me <laughs> on a fucking bong. Just runs which, on a which, loop. Which, 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 nowadays, on. of course, would be harmless. But back in oh, the day, yeah, yeah. he was like, uh, I was just trying to stay awake. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, picture of John driving the fucking, but. But the, the thing is, it's it's to me, it's all about reaction and and a qualified, measured reaction to yeah, everything. Yeah. Are were there are there and were there men out there horrendously mentally, physically abusing women? Of course. Yes, yeah. And there still fucking are and there probably always will be. But what you see in this Johnny Depp thing, I I believe anyway from what I've seen, is where a man that you would imagine as successful as good looking as he was, mm-hmm. uh, or as he is, and and you would imagine all these women going, why would Johnny ever be with a woman like that when he could be with anybody? Mm-hmm. The heart doesn't fucking work that way. Exactly. And this man left his missus of fourteen years or whatever, <clears throat> and the kids to be with this woman. Apparently, I, I laughed last night. They said he got great advice not to be with her from his dear friend Angeline Jolie. <laughs> I'm thinking, fucking hell, really? That's your go-to advice? But right. anyway, God, God bless her. <clears throat> You know she, that that woman has lived a stellar life of just yeah. great cho- great choices, but um, <laughs> but the idea that I, I I get the impression that Johnny Depp got swept away by this woman when he was totally. watching when he was doing that movie with her Rum Diaries or whatever yeah and, uh, he fell head over heels and then once he was in there being the dude he is he he was going by some code that didn't allow him to just maybe he was just still mad about her and, and as we all know from the other way around we've heard a million stories where you say to the woman why didn't you fucking leave jesus yeah Christ. why would you put yourself <clears throat> well you know he was a good man the rest of the time it was only when he was drinking right you know or stuff yep. like this where people become mentally attached and unable to escape and it's almost like an yeah. invisible uh, feel so if if what for comes from this is that you know yeah maybe it's okay for us to also talk about abuse and how a man can get trapped in a situation like that too. Yeah. It, it won't be the, the worst thing in the world, but it is, it's tough for, I think for, with all the shit that's going on in Ukraine and, and everything else, it's, I found it sort of tough to see two very rich people arguing over $50 million suit. I know. When nobody know. really needs it. And, and I'm thinking to myself, <clears throat> 50 million, that's like, what is that? One sixteenth of what Ukraine's asking for for right or, or, or no not even that my math is obviously you can see why I'm a musician and not a professor. <laughs> you know, we're delivering eight hundred million dollars worth of weapons nowadays. Right. That seems like fuck all to me. Yeah, isn't that just what it costs for one fucking drone or something? Or, or a movie, or like yeah. a Marvel movie. Or you movie. know what I mean? Or, or a Johnny Depp movie. Yeah, so or- it's it's just it's a weird. We're in a weird place in the world right now with 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 all of the stuff that. Totally. Gets atti- it's, it gets our it, attention. It's hard to balance it. And the other thing is, too, is like, I've always, always subscribed to the idea that every everybody, regardless of race or gender, is just a piece of shit. We all have the capability <laughs> to be a piece of shit. I, I really hate the, like, I, I know, like, the, the trope and the thing to do, especially in the last five or six years. You know, a lot of my female friends will do the same thing and they'll just tweet out of anger because they got broken up with whatever. All men are trash. And it's like, yeah, ha yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. And then they'll be like, oh, not you. And it's like, I, I appreciate it. But it's one of those things that, like, the more it's out there, it, it just kind of, it sticks with people, I think. 
And I don't yeah. think you would ever, no one, guys would never do that on the flip side. I don't see guys tweeting constantly that women are trash. You know what I mean? But I do, I do think the general populace is fucking trash. I've been in really, I've stayed in relationships way too long um, because the perception is, fuck, if I bail and I'm wrong, it's my fault. I yeah. don't want it to be my fault. And then it's like when you're young and you're in relationships for that long too. That's the other thing I find funny is that people always talk about age and I can't stand it where they're like, you know, uh, you know, when you're, when you're older, you should know better, especially yeah. when it comes to love and shit. And it's like, you know, when you're older, you do things differently. You don't date, you know, this type of person, you don't do that. And I remember working a regular job at a library and there was a uh, woman in her sixties who was recently going through a divorce with her husband and they were on again, off again. And he showed up at the library and uh, they're around the same age and they got into an arguing match. And then they wound up like fighting, physically wrestling in the back room on the floor. And I thought, age my fucking ass. These are two like, like, are you telling me that like, <laughs> like, this is just, this is what P, I mean, you know, if as if you're throwing money on the ground, you're going, this is fucking I, was. I, I, I was, I was, I had money on her, dude. I was Joe like, Rogan gonna... came in and, fucking... <laughs> and then talked to the one that was wounded yeah, on the floor. Like, he sat How down. does it feel to be yeah. get your ass kicked by a 60 year old woman? Yeah, exactly. But a lot of it is just performative shit. And I understand it. And I get it to a certain extent. Every like, like abuse is no joke and all that other shit. And I know men can be, horrible pieces of garbage and i do believe in toxic masculinity to a certain extent too where it's like but there's also the toxic femininity thing too where it's i have a bunch of friends and i love them to death but because they you know they're when you have a female friend and it's your friend yeah. you will i've had them call me and be like this guy did pick a thing and it's not yeah. that big of a deal but yeah. they feel scorned and they're yeah. ready to burn down their house. And I'm like, I'll guess I'll buy the matches. You want me to pick them up? You want me to swing by? <laughs> but but in in retrospect, you're like, everybody's a fucking psycho when it yeah. comes to that kind of shit and, and, and what we'll is, put up with. They, you know, the old saying, you know, beware a, score, a woman's scorned heart or whatever that saying is. Yeah. But the truth of it is men are the same. I mean, totally. All my friends on the road, I've, I've seen them in and out of relationships. I've seen so many broken hearts. I've seen guys you know lose everything they'd worked for because the woman had an affair and then they end up getting divorced and she yeah. had half of everything and he still loves her and he's devastated by the losing the woman but he's also devastated the fact that he just lost his fucking boat yes uh, and, and so it's like it's it's the 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 heart is i i don't necessarily think either either men or women have a monopoly on being devastated and going off the fucking deep end right uh, uh you know people's there's there's a tendency that the man is supposed to keep it all inside and, and yeah you, you're just sort of miserable on your own but i've yeah. seen friends of mine absolutely destroyed by relationships and i know that 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 male macho dickhead is out there mm -hmm. i just i just know that in my life my close friends i don't know any of them and mostly Same. mostly because I fucking hate that shit. Me too. I, I, I hate jocks. I hate fucking. Yeah. I hate the thing. To me, it's just nothing I've ever been around. And, you know, it's funny because when you have a kid, you basically, for a certain number of years, your friends or whoever your kid made friends with, parents. Right. And yeah. you end up, uh, sometimes, you know, you just be hanging out with people going, I would no, be nowhere near these. These people would not be at my fucking house right now. Absolutely. E eating a burger and drinking a beer if it wasn't for the fact that their kid is great friends with my kid. Um, yep. And it's... My it's, uncle goes through the same shit right yeah, now. Yeah, but it's He's just... He's got an eight-year-old. It's one of those things where 
those guys exist. Women, for some reason, are attracted to, to dudes like that. Some women right. are attracted to dudes like that. You know, who who knows? That's another whole topic. It's what attracts people to people, you know. Yeah. I, I'm just delighted that it's not all based on looks or I'd be fucking... <laughs> you and me both, buddy. I, 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 I get it. So much trouble. Yep. Luckily, luckily, there's there, there, this country puts a worth on a fucking accent. <laughs> that is just ridiculous. You know, it's like, fucking, if only Quasimodo went, went like... I'll be Jesus, you know. Uh, uh, <laughs> maybe things would have worked out differently for him, but if he'd had the Lucky Charms voice or something. But but it is, you know. Luckily, nature always knows what it's doing. We fuck it up, yeah. and nature knows yeah. to make different things attractive and all the rest of it. Right. Uh, but I've seen men make big mistakes and leave their, you know, perfectly matched, age oh, appropriate yeah. woman for for a younger one or whatever, and. You know, you, you always, I think the trick for a man is you just always have to fast forward. Remember that we tend to go first. They tend to be way healthier longer. You will be dribbling and bleeding from the a-hole at some point. <laughs> and you have to ask yourself, who's going to be around for that? Right. Is it going to be the little starlet who's like, ah! or is mm -hmm. it going to be the woman who's put up with your shit for fucking years? Right. As it is. And so I just feel like... Uh, there's there's we just we need to look at it as a human thing yeah and and give support anybody who's in in a relationship that they feel that they're being beaten up or abused and and, and i still to this day feel mental abuse can be oh more devastating than a smack in the face i 100%. mean 100 you, know, you know this i i've been smacked many fucking times uh, yeah and it it never it, you know, again probably did me the world of good, uh, but <laughs> but it's just something where we we just have to be you just have to there's no way of knowing most people hide an awful lot of shit in the early yeah. dating years. Have you ever <laughs> had have you ever told somebody something and then they tell you that you've been through trauma and you're like no no I, I haven't I'm fine that's perfectly normal and they're like no dude that's fucked up yeah <laughs> like, I, you I, I do every Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is messed up. You're like going through like your daily like life shit or whatever. Yeah, like, that's really was, messed up. And in the you know we did stuff growing up. At least me, I'm 57. I mean, mm. I went through shit in the 20s that was considered normal. And you you know oh suck it up you pussy. Yeah, yeah. you know and, and you just uh, you you dealt with stuff like that and and it's very interesting for me now being a dad because you know being a musician on the road for 30 years I probably had no business being a dad. But, yeah. but me and my kid have a great relationship and we uh we're, we're learning about each other all the time and and nice. he, he like I, i'll do childish shit like he was he was going through those years where he was uh you know dad wasn't cool to hang out with anymore and he was hanging out with his boys and he, i don't know what he did but he had gotten on stage with me once in uh, columbus ohio at a big irish festival and it was like a five camera shoot up on the up on the side fill uh screens and all the cameras were on him because he was jumping up and down and he had a, a cool hat that my brother had made for him. Nice. And so all the cameras were on him. It was just a great memory. And so flash forward 10 years and he's giving me shit and I just send him the video. I go, tell your friends to show them a video like this with their dad. <laughs> nice. And, and he just goes, he goes, <laughs> he goes, point taken, point taken. <laughs> and you know, and it was like those things where you try to go, yeah, I might not be a normal dad, but you know, I yeah. don't do, but you do try to be a normal dad when you're there as much as possible. And I, we yeah. talk about stuff and the one thing he hates me saying is, 
when I was your age, you know, it just, it does his fucking head in. He goes, number one, you were living on an island. Number two, it was a very religious island. Number mm -hmm. three, you know, you didn't have any fucking money. Number four, you know, he points out all these things to why his life is different to why my, when I was a kid, don't add up. But yeah. in many ways, he's right. It's a very different world now that they're growing up in. And the thing yeah. I just tell him is I say, just be careful when you're out there and you're, you're chatting up girls at a party, whatever the rest of it. It's a scary fucking place right now. Yep. And, you know, you will meet many great people who would never accuse you of something you didn't do. But there could be that one fucking crazy who, who decides yeah. to do that. And the way things are decked, the way the deck's stacked right now, is it could be tough for you to prove you didn't if you if you didn't and i right. assume i raised you so you wouldn't but uh right it's just uh it's it's a it's a funky situation yeah it is especially I, with I, the I internet and everything yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy and even even watching this whole like proceeding and stuff like that you realize how just fucked the, the, the it's it's so crazy to me that people pulling pulling up text messages and and asking if you remember you know saying yeah, this in yeah. anger on this day and whatever and it, i want to just be like do you guys have any relationships or friends or any kind of yeah, like yeah like do you get humor do you get rage do you get uh you know are you not allowed to have all the colors of emotion i was on a podcast years ago when um the the me too stuff was first happening and that shit happened with chris hardwick i don't know if you remember who chris hardwick is but he's that comic and yeah something had come out about him th that went away you know that wound up being like a, a big nothing or whatever but at the time it was like this woman was running down um uh like a one specific text thread or yeah. something like that and uh i happened to be on the podcast and they tried to do like they covered it in the last like five minutes so there was really no room to talk about it <laughs> Which, there. <laughs> yeah exactly which is like oh what do you think of it and of course i had like so i was like oh you know i don't know i don't know, I don't know the thing and then they like read me the fucking transcript but i knew the dude on the podcast was going through a divorce yeah. at the time so i was like okay and i knew he had said some shit behind the scenes about his about his you know ex-wife yeah so yeah. i was like well let's do this and i was like let's take your text messages and let's take her text messages and just release them to the public and see which one you're comfortable, like who sides with who in this case. You know what I mean? And it's like, of course that, like once you think about that in those terms, when you think it's about like, strangers, no. yeah, yeah, reading shit out of context and try to interpret your life, it's yeah. insane. One of oh. our guests said, uh, never write in anger unless you have that one that disappears on the iPhone where it's like, here you go. You ever seen that? Oh one? yeah, I have seen that one. Yeah, I, know. I haven't. Even seen then, it. though, people screenshot shit now and stuff. It's so yeah. fucked up. That's the thing that bothers me too. Is the problem is is that language and conversation has changed, but the etiquette has not. Yeah. So yeah. you know, like what I if you and I are just walking down the street one day and I'm pissed off in the moment and I fucking say something to you that's a little out of character. Or I'm just angry. You know, you know, you've known me forever or whatever. Like you're not gonna be like, oh my god, this guy's a fucking psycho. That's fine. But if it lives in a text in words and somebody randomly grabs it, they can apply whatever the fuck they want to it. Even yeah. though that's how most people, what 90% of us communicate now via text because we don't, don't get to see each other. Phones anymore at all. Yeah. People don't talk on the phone. So everything you think and feel. And say, I remember one day John was so, <laughs> it's just like, oh, <laughs> thank you, Polly Chaser. I appreciate that. Everyone feels any. Yeah. Everyone feels any receipts for everything. It's true, but it's not like you're allowed to fucking say something like, it's it's insane. It's just crazy. Well, it's As like we, we, we're all existing and we've been existing for, you know, years and years and years. And yeah. even in the modern world, we still are, have the same exact emotions that we always yes. had. We just yeah. all of a sudden now, the words have changed, how you can describe it. Like we said earlier about how, 
you feel you know I was I, I was felt very violated by what you said and I, I'm on stage at nighttime and the boys all know this I'm I, I was let's just say a confession I came late to pot uh, and and how it arrived in my <laughs> life was that uh, via real dodgy dude in a fucking Ford Focus. No, it, 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 arrived, it arrived into my life because I was having this weird nausea thing before gigs. I don't know, to this day, I don't know what it was. Nobody ever diagnosed what the fuck was going on with me. Wow. But I would, on cue, five minutes before a gig, feel like I was going to throw up. And I'm not a nervous bloke. It wasn't that. It wasn't like, I'm right. going, oh my God, I'm going on stage. I'd already been doing it for 15 years or something at that point. Yeah. But somebody said to me, you should smoke a little weed. Uh, it'll, it'll calm your stomach. Well, yes, it calmed my stomach. And it sent me onto that fucking stage in Chicago, rambling like a <laughs> fucking nut job where I'm on stage between songs. I'm going, oh, I love you guys. I just want to say Chicago is like one of my favorite. And the band's going, dude, dude, dude. And it's like 10 minutes before the next fucking song. So I, but anyhow, it, it ended up to where I eventually got the dosage right to where <laughs> I, I love taking a little hit before mm -hmm. I go on. It allows it, whatever access to the sort of creative part of wanting to say something different every night right. in the town you're in. Yeah. And it, it do, does it for me, but every now and again, maybe I, so, you know, different delivery man or something. <laughs> and all of a sudden, what I say cannot be taken back. And, <laughs> and, and, and now with fucking YouTube, uh, it's probably going out to everybody. But I will say stuff that 15 years ago, nobody gave shit about. Right. Everybody was funny. Maybe I use a word that's considered offensive or whatever. Mm -hmm. That wasn't offensive even in my country probably to this day. Right. Uh, but I found myself now, that's created a little bit of nervousness for me where I'm on stage and I think, cause I'll joke about people in the audience in the front row or something. And yeah. it could very easily be taken the wrong way. But yeah. if, you know, if you know me and you know my sense of humor, you absolutely know that I, I mean no offense by it whatsoever. Right. And it's just going to see the young dubs. Did the singer's going to say shit, you know, just be yeah. ready. God knows yeah. what. He doesn't even know when he leaves the dressing room what the fuck <laughs> right. he's going to say. Uh, but, and you but also it, used you, to be able to, okay, I was going to say, you also used to be able to say exactly that. If somebody yeah. took offense to something, you used to be able to go, you know what, I'm so sorry. If you knew me, like, I don't mean anything by it. And the other yeah. person would go, oh, okay. I'm going to take this guy's word for it. Who knows this guy better than this guy? Yeah. But people go, no, I know what you find. And it's like, no, but I'm, I'm here to clarify it. You don't have to feel yeah, like, like shit. I, I, I said something yeah. horrendous on Paddy's day in Grand, in Grand Rapids. And the minute it came out of my mouth, I knew it had come out wrong. And mm -hmm. you, you as comedians know this even better because mm. I think comedians get away with it a bit more because you, it's part of your show. It's, they've seen your show. Like you go to see, you know, Bill Burr, you, or you go to see, uh, right. what's the Australian fella? G Jim, oh, Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Yes. Great get guy. fucking ready. You know, mm -hmm. hilarious. Some of the funniest shit. But I, I got on stage and, and I just said this thing i go it was a corporate gig i hate to admit but it was sort of semi-corporate so the audience was there some because they were irish american some because it was being thrown by their company and it was an open bar yeah. all night in a thousand seater wow uh, so there was a fucking thousand people had been drinking since god knows when and we're up on stage and i could see it's just not the same as playing to your own 
ticket paying audience. Mm-hmm. And so at one point I said, uh, I see a lot of red hair out there because there were, there were a lot of redheads. I go, I see a lot of redheads out there. I go, however, you know, it depends where you came from. Were you a rapee or a raper? <laughs> and what I meant to say, which a pillagey or a pillager. <laughs> right. I know exactly. Yeah. Vi- Vikings versus the sure. the people they gave the redhead to and they showed up. But oh. it, my whole band, I remember looking across at my guitar player <laughs> and he just was shaking his head. And I looked around and went, oh, did that come out wrong? And, and somebody said to me afterwards, yeah, pretty much, you know, most Irish shows, the word rape's just not really cool. You know, no matter, and I was like, I go, I totally agree. And I certainly yeah. wasn't in, implying anybody should. I was just joking about whether you came from the fucking, from Denmark or Norway. Yeah. But it came out our ways. Now, in some places, people would have laughed at that and said, oh, Roberts, he's just misspoke again. He means rape and pillage, you know, which is right. Yeah. Viking. We've all seen the Viking shows now. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but that was a good example of where the weed kicked in. <laughs> homie here didn't fucking get it right that particular right. night and uh, and i just want everybody out there who was offended to know i learned from that <laughs> it's like um, one of those things where somebody tells you not to say a specific word on stage and you're like all right don't say don't say rape don't say rape don't say rape don't say rape how's everybody doing nobody's getting raped out there right <laughs> you're like oh i mean it's uh, like, exactly fuck. it's like i tell that all the time to the band even i'll say don't ask me not to say something yeah that's a sure way to make sure that I fucking will. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible That's one of those. I would have been like it was the brogue. I said crepe. I thought yes. crepey. Were you the well, creper? You do. You do get away with that a little bit. Well, the funny thing is, I love talking to. Uh, I send text to people some, or I'll leave a voicemail, mm-hmm. and they they use that thing that d- dictates the voicemail. To oh them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know who the fuck designed that, but they they definitely <laughs> didn't get the Irish thing right. I mean, God forbid that ever came up in court. And then you right. text me this. I'm like, no, I fucking didn't. That's not <laughs> nothing even close to what I said. <laughs> you know? We we had somebody on. We were talking about the Scottish accent. Who is it? Do you remember who it was? Oh, I'm trying to figure it out. They so, were from Scotland. And see I can't what I'm doing, who that boys. Was. I'm trying to get rid of the daylight because I know it's awful. You're on the East Coast and you're like missing the sun now. So yeah, I know. seeing it's, it here. Okay. But as it's, I do it, I'm I'm moving further into the disaster that is the fucking studio. Room. <laughs> so now I'm gonna come back to the life. <laughs> it's so crazy though, too, because I feel like you guys. If I, I feel like if you have an accent, you can get away with so much more than if you're just an American douche and you're saying that stuff. Well, all I can say is don't you know? Like you guys anybody... can say cunt whenever you want, right? I was avoiding that word the whole fucking podcast. And I knew it. And, <laughs> I knew that was you, the you, word. You knew that was the one I was talking about. You see, when I grew up. People be like, "Ah, oh, there you are, you country. How are you? Yeah, oh, you mad country." And it was always considered just uh, like a, a Egypt or a yeah. word. So I came over here and I realized, though, it's 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 a magical word because what word can sound so much different just by the pronunciation of it? Yes. So yep. the way I say it, it almost sounds like a, a song, like "Ah, oh, you country, come in there, mm. there, there, yeah." Whereas everybody in America that I ever met, they always go, "You're a cunt." <laughs> And it's the it's the hard delivery of the NT yep. that just gets you and just like I, even I go, don't use that word yeah. with me. And they're like, well, you just said it to me, and I'm like, I did. Yeah, but yeah. I sang it to you, you fucker. You actually <laughs> fucking pushed I it. Sang it to you. you know. So there is definitely like even 
I mean, you know, it's you could literally get away with that word at a family gathering. Yes. You know, there's no way in America you could get away with that at Thanksgiving. You know, could you pass me the turkey? You can't. You know, it's just like nobody's going to go. Oh, the turkey, love. Yes, of course. Whereas, yeah, you'd be like, yeah. give us those mashed potatoes, you country. You know, yeah. it, it just somehow doesn't seem nearly. I'm sure there's there's Irish people out there now who are going. He's full of shit. That was just as offensive. <laughs> you just you just kept using it. And didn't know that we were all disgusted with you. <laughs> I had. I mean, we they never said cunt, but like when my when I was a kid and I go to Brooklyn, like uh, to my great aunt and uncle's house. I thought they hated each other because literally they would do exactly what you just said, but with the F, F word was, and I, I kind of talk, but like, they'd be like, give me the fucking salt. Could you pass the fucking goddamn pancakes? What the fuck are you doing? Are you fucking washing dishes? Like every other word was fuck. And yeah. I was just like, and that was like ingrained in my system. And it was beautiful because they loved each other. They didn't and I, care. And, and I love it too, because there's, there's times like, and now my mother, God, I know she's not really looking at podcasts and she's in Ireland right now <laughs> at 85, so hopefully she won't see this. But my mom cracks me up because she'll be on the phone and she's, you know, typical 85-year-old lady giving out about everything that's going on and she's locked away and she can't get out and all this, she's driving her nuts and all the rest of it. But every now and again, she'll just say, and I just said, the fucking idiot. And I'll be like, <laughs> I still, I still love it. And so when we tour Ireland, which we, we did in, in, in last November, I bring 120 Americans with us and they're from all over the country and they come on the tour and they, they go see the sites during the day. But then awesome. at nighttime, they'll come to the gigs and on the off nights, we'll, we'll all hang out. And my mum comes on at least two of those days and she'll be hanging out with everybody. And they're always amazing to her. And it gives mm. her, gives her a great boost to, uh, to have everybody chatting away to her, but they always find it hilarious because her language is not what you expect from an eighty-five-year-old over right. here. Right, uh, yeah. and they get a great kick out of it. She'd be like, if somebody will say something like, her favorite one is they'll go, "Oh, your son has given us so much enjoyment over the years with his music," and she'll go, "Fuck off!" Should, <laughs> should I? <laughs> there's no. That's what the I love about Irish people is there's no real. At least there wasn't for you. Maybe it's changed now a little bit, but there was no celebrity thing in Ireland. Like if you saw Bono walking down the road, people go, "How are you, Bono?" And he'd be like, "Oh, good man yourself." You know, shite kick the other night. You know, like no, no yeah. worry about running over and getting an autograph or anything like that. Right. And so, God forbid, if you're out with your mates and you're talking about your gig, man, the other day, it, you will hear the wittiest quickest <laughs> comeback that will pummel you into the ground and you will never bring up your fucking gig again <laughs> you know what i mean because it's just there's just no time no tolerance for for that you know self uh sort of complimenting it just it just doesn't go down well there at all and right. i love that because we, we'll be on the road and, and even the, the americans very often will meet my mates will come out as well and they will just you know you know, oh yes, how do you know Keith? When did you first see him? You know, oh, we saw him in New York the first time. And he's like, oh yeah, was he fucking scabbing drink off you? Was he? <laughs> yeah, he's an awful fucking man. He wouldn't spend Christmas the tight bastard. You know, I'm like, fuck's sake, lads. Come yeah. easy, you know. But, it, but it's, uh, so it's, it's an interesting little added addition 
to the trip is like hear the band be abused by their friends yeah 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 oh man whenever i would when i was starting out and i would drive like a one of the headliners around to another gig or whatever and my friends were at a gig that we were both at they'd be like oh is john driving you back home and they'd be like yep and they'd be like well good fucking luck yeah. like you know they'd be like you'd be like better be better handle the g-force have you have you been on the highway with him yet? you know what I'm like, yeah. you, you, know, you, you know he's gonna be whacking off <laughs> <laughs> it better not be late <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing is forgotten you know that's something that's always interested me though because i love comedy and, I, and I've, I've read loads of books and, mm -hmm. and i watch a lot of documentaries and stuff on it the, the, the hierarchy you oh know, yeah you have the opening band for example you know for some reason in the old days you know the opening band doesn't get lights the opening right. band gets just forged ch channels on the board even though there's fucking eight of them you know right. <laughs> all, all this weird shit to try to downplay the opener so that the headliner gets this thing and i always thought that was bullshit when we opened for jethro tull we did it for three years and everybody was warning me about oh you know they're they're old school and don't be on stage don't be backstage when they're playing never get in their way don't be in the audience at sound check you know even right. it's a clear room these Fulton guys were the nicest people most helpful in our careers ian plays flute on two tracks on my albums nice. uh, they, they looked after us just phenomenally and we'd always be side stage watching them and all the rest of it but when i saw the comedian thing why is it that there always has to be some shitty thing i call paying your dues uh where it's got nothing to do with the fucking job but right. i always hear about these headliner comedians getting picked up by their opening act and their opening act has to drive them around and do all the rest of it. It's just the weirdest fucking thing. It is so, dude, it's so fucking ridiculous to you. And it's not fun because they're usually yeah. like, I've, I've had, I've had fucking, I've had to pick up comedians before at bus stations at bus depots out of the fucking way. I learned pretty quickly because at one point I, my manager, uh, this manager that I had that legitimately ripped me off. He was like one of my first managers. Um, but he would be like, Hey, I got a gig for you. Uh, it's opening for this guy but you got to go pick him up. But I would just lie. And I'd be like, you know what? I'm actually coming from another gig yeah. opposite direction. And I'd go, if you still want me to do the gig, I'll do it, but I can't pick him up. And then yeah, it would be like, yeah. oh, all right, you know, whatever. Because I, I didn't want to do it. I drove one fucking psycho five hours up the mountains and he kept talking about how suicidal he was. And that he was just like, I could just grab that fucking wheel right now and throw us right over. The okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all the right. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, no, whatever you need. I'm like, how about I fucking let you out on the side of the goddamn road? You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Why don't I fucking uns unsnap your seatbelt and make yeah. a sharp fucking left? No. I'm hope. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the funny thing is it's it, it's everywhere you know agents yeah. you have to be the kid in the mailroom getting abused yeah. before you become an agent and i used to always like i'd be sitting in there at the agency watching listening to the the treatment of the younger guys going why is this part of it like who the fuck yeah. decided that you're only going to be a good agent if you can put up with me being a fucking dick to you absolutely for and for the for the two years even though you have more qualifications than me uh you you've you've probably fucking way smarter you know yeah we, what we've always done as a headliner i hope everybody will uh will back me up on this that's ever open for us is to me the better they are the better we're gonna have to be exactly and, and i imagine in comedy if a guy goes out and kills mm -hmm. you're good you're gonna go out there and kill back 100 and if you're not able to do that then it's got a lot more to do with you than it has to do with the fucking guy turning his mic off halfway through a set or something absolutely you know so it's a weird thing and and ian anderson would actually 
halfway through the tour, he didn't want to have to be on side stage to introduce us, but he knew that all those people in those theatres were in the fucking bar drinking, not willing to come in till Tull went on. So right. he, he knew they knew his voice. So he would be at the side of stage at the mic and go, ladies and gentlemen, this is Ian Anderson of Jethro Tull. <laughs> and coming up now is a band I've discovered, you know, and do this amazing thing. And then eventually he said, in case I can't always be there, he recorded it. And so wow. the, the, the house guy would play this and you would see people rushing into their seats for us. And, you know, he told me himself, he said, that you guys are getting, I'm getting more thank you emails from my fans saying thank you for introducing me to this other band. There was zero negative impact on Jethro Tull. Yeah. Completely confident, expert musicians who saw no reason to fuck us over and actually gave us the lighting guy, gave us the monitor guy to wear our shows. We'd never had fucking, I'd never done a gig where the spotlights were hitting me yeah. and stuff like yeah. this with all these guys, you know, being controlled by the lighting guy, going, right. hit the singer. Now guitar, but go left to the point yeah. where we were only doing 40 minutes, but it was the best 40 minutes we'd ever fucking had right. sounding every night. And then we had this brilliant, absolutely brilliant t-shirt salesman who was working for Tull, but he took a shine to us. Absolute Cockney Londoner. Wow. And he, he right off the bat, he took a shine. He was I, I, English Irish, you know, uh, Tommy. And he'd say like, right, minute your gig ends, you fucking get out of here. We fucking do the old sign the fucking get who wants it, get the young dubs to right here, sign the fucking CD, and then we'd sign the CD, and then Tull would come on, everybody would run back in. He'd go right, follow me. I found this fucking boozer up the road. Promised him I'd bring you. Got a couple of free points because I fucking said I'd bring you. So we'd go running up to this pub. The guy would be like, "Oh, who the fuck is this?" He's like, young Dublin's fucking opening neck for Jethro. Don't worry, I'll have fucking Jethro tell up here afterwards. And so the bartenders, <laughs> bartenders flying out free pints to us, right? And then he'd be looking at his watch and he'd go, ah, fucking hell, they're on Aqualung. We'd run back down. We'd run in right as, <laughs> right on time. And then the gig would end. We'd go right back out to the table. And now everybody's coming out and everybody would buy it. I mean, we were making more money selling fucking albums at that show, all because of him, because That's of great. this amazing. But in Europe, he was desperate. Like he, the, the German fans, Tull fans, would be all dressed up like Aqualog and everything. And they'd all show up and he'd be like, all right, darling, what the fuck did you come as? You know, he, had, <laughs> he had these amazing, and then he'd say stuff like, in Germany, he'd stand up in the seat and go, right, which one of you cunt shot me, granddad? <laughs> and then we'd be going, Tommy, stop for fuck's sake. Oh my God. You know, and then he'd get up and think he's like, all right, who's this then? <laughs> I mean, his sense of humor was unbelievable but wow. Ian found out he started to check the numbers and he saw that we were selling just like thousands of dollars worth of shit so he immediately said call me into his little dressing room one night and he's like I hear you're doing amazingly well with the CDs and t-shirts I said we are it's fucking incredible thank you so much for this opportunity you know and he was like all right he goes I'm going to start bringing my CD <laughs> and, and, and because to him coming from that old school world you mm -hmm. just, there was no, you never met up with the fans afterwards. I mean, maybe you sure. did as you, as you left the theater back door, there'd be fans that you might sign a few, but that concept of letting them get that close to you. And so the end of the tours, they would, unbelievable shit would happen. The last date of each tour we did, 
sorry for going off on this fucking tangent. No, no, it was great. This to me is, is the coolest shit that ever happened to us. Where we go on first, obviously, we're on there, and the first tour we finished, we're in the middle of a slow song. And it's one of a song I will call Apart. And it's this mm. big heart, you know, and the world has left me out, you know, and all this type of sad stuff. All of a sudden, yeah. all Tull and their entire crew river dance across the fucking stage <laughs> behind us, right? And I don't, I, I use the term river dance loosely, obviously. Right. No, no, no disrespect to the great fucking whatever his name is. Michael but, Flatley. But that's the one. Lord so, of the dance. <laughs> they, they, so they, but they do this Irish thing across and the crowd just fucking loses it laughing, right? <laughs> and apparently they'd never done it nights before. So then in the middle of their show, they would do this thing where they do one of Ian's solo songs about mm -hmm being in India and never drink tap water or whatever, but that all these little kids would get all the, the plastic bottles from the American tourists right. and they go down to the river and fill them up with the fucking shitty water and recap them and try to sell them. They were just trying to make enough to buy a fucking sandwich. But right. this was this was the whole thing about how you never drink the bottled water even because you don't know. So in the middle of the gig, so they, they would send out their tour manager before the show and he'd pick out some pretty girl you know whoever he could find mm -hmm. and uh which some, some nights didn't work out so well as others and uh <laughs> he'd bring he'd bring the girl back and she'd be put into this indian outfit with this veil over her face halfway over her face and this sitar whatever they call those outfits mm -hmm. and she'd shimmy out on the stage in the middle of this song and he'd be going like and the water is something you know don't touch the water you know playing the flute and she'd come over to each band member and they'd go thank you and then <laughs> finally up to ian at the end of it because the shows are very drama you know it's great mm -hmm. it's that old prog rock fucking yeah uh, full-on show so yeah. so this night the, the, i dressed up as the girl and so <laughs> and no i had a full goatee and everything oh, like that. but this God. veil we made the veil go a bit lower and i'm in this lovely dress you know and so i come sauntering out on stage and everybody was fucking nervous right all his crew were like shit in a brick you know he's not known for for this this kind of carry on so i go over first to martin Barr on guitar you know i go over to him and i sort of look up and I, he goes oh fuck <laughs> and he keeps playing then i go over to don perry up on the, the riser drumming away and i i get, lift my head up so he sees me and he's like oh fuck <laughs> now they're all nervous too and then i go up to ian and i'm fucking nervous <laughs> i go up to ian and he's like he looks over at me and I do this and he goes and plays the fucking bum note. I don't think the man has ever played a bum note in his life. And oh my just, God. But then he, he gets back on it and he, and, he, and he smiles at me and I fucking sauntered off. Everybody was just laughing their asses off. That's great, great. But he told me afterwards, he was like, oh, you caught me a little off guard. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. I had to do something. You fucking did it to us. But it started this routine then where the European tour every tour we finished they would go out of their way to think of shit. one oh. day one day they came out in overalls in the middle of the same <laughs> slow song and started banging nails into the stage <laughs> off tempo you know <laughs> so that we were trying our best to stay and the audiences laughing their ass oh that's great i mean it was just an amazing so i guess to get back to our original point why can't it always be like that why, why, <laughs> yeah why do you have to fuck with the opener why know, do you have why do you have to be like why does you know getting your you know working yourself up to the system have to mean getting humiliated to fuck in your case at the fucking airport for some douchebag coming in mm -hmm. or in my case you know knowing that they've just 
turned all the lights off or yeah one light on us or we're not being allowed to use or worse again they leave you this much stage right up front for your entire drum kit oh yeah and you, you know you come off stage with yeah. like cymbal cuts in your ass from yep. when you accidentally went backwards well he fucking hit it that that can slice into a, a pale white irish arse like yeah man I, like i remember like i mean it's it sucks because on one hand you're like you know what i'm glad i'm never gonna be like those dudes and it you know it's crazy we were talking about it before that's mostly just insecure jock men you know what i mean like the I fucking guess. scumbags it's those yeah. guys because i remember doing a gig with somebody i'd never met them before they were the headliner of the show and they had the green room door closed i wasn't allowed in the green room at my own fucking show and i'm like i'm like oh you know it's locked and i remember telling somebody who worked there and they were like he likes his privacy and i'm just like oh so now i'm in the fucking hallway like for yeah, this show yeah. like in what my the fuck underwear i could have yeah. my privacy to change <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah but it was that kind of shit man and that's i did the same thing like you basically decided to do the same thing too where it's like you know i had a lot i had a few good people who like really i had a blast with on the road and i decided yeah. to be like them yeah and that was it and it's like i i try to get my friends to get into clubs if they, anybody ever asks me to get into a club I'm always yeah. like, yeah, here's the email address, or you can come and do a guest spot or come and do yeah. the fucking show. And I, the same thing where like, I would have comics when I started headlining who would, you know, probably had somebody shitty before them and they'd be like, Hey, you know, is there anything you don't want me to say or anything? And I would just be like, go have fun and just be fucking funny and crush. If you crush in front yeah. of me, I'm going to do well. Exactly. And if I can't follow you, then I shouldn't be fucking doing this. That's the, it. The, the only shall I use one of my big words now caveat to that Ooh, is nice. on occasion, Lovely use. Let me write that down. Used caveat. Uh, <laughs> we'll finally, finally used. Uh, <laughs> it's probably the, the wrong fucking use. But the only downside of that, which we've also discovered, is when you you over. Uh, oh yeah. Extend, and all of a sudden your opener, who's been given forty minutes, is still going at fifty-five minutes because yep. you, you guys are so fucking cool. They're not going to mind, and you've attend curfew because there's an open air show, and right. they're now eating into your fucking set. So. I always say that. I always say, listen, you just do the job. Mm -hmm. that, that we'll all do our job. We'll all get along great. You know what I mean? Yep. Th this is our dressing room. By all means, be in here and have a beer with us. But just 10 minutes before the gig, I just need everybody out so we can, you know, get our, you know, so we can do our group prayer. No, that doesn't happen. <laughs> but so, so the whole band can be, watch me and make sure I'm not overdosing. <laughs> but, but you know, it's just... <laughs> It's you want, and, and not everybody gets that, you know, right. and that, that's where you have to, like, sometimes I do, like, we, we've joked about this ourselves backstage, mm -hmm. where, where I go, yeah, I was a bit of a dick, wasn't I? And they're like, yeah, you kind of had to bring on a little bit of, because it was getting a little too fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And, and it's because I want to extend that, you know, I always make it a point. I go backstage to the opening band after they're done, you know, uh, I'm not going to give away now what I say when they sucked because I'll mm -hmm. be using it again this summer. <laughs> but, but, but there's a way that you, you know, you still give them a compliment, even yeah. though you're like, what the fuck? How the fuck to take it? Who, whose idea was, you know, right. just, had they never seen us before that they thought this, <laughs> this was a good idea as an opener? You yeah. know, uh, and, and it'd be similar if like you had the comedians who, don't curse at all. What's that guy, Regan or something? Is oh, Brian Regan. Regan, yeah. yeah. Where funny bastard keeps it real clean. That's his. That's his act. He's not going to have a guy on before him going, "You're the fucking pussy." Right, you know, right. You know, it's just you're. You're. That's not going to work with his. Absolutely. Crap. But we still get given bands that are just, what the fuck? Yeah, you know? yeah. And some of my yeah. friends might be in the audience and they're texting me backstage going, 
are you fucking serious? <laughs> did, was this your idea? And I go, no, it fucking wasn't my idea, you know. I'm right. back in here in as much pain as you are, because we can hear it clearly coming through here. But it's uh, sort, of, sort of a fine line, but it just somehow that word standard crept yeah. into the entertainment industry where it was your deals, you know, how come the record label's getting all the fucking money and I owe them back everything they've given me to, to fucking make the album? It's, it's a standard deal. Right. Really? You know, and it's like, now it's all gone. Now everybody knows that's fucking bullshit. Yeah. But all those bands from the 60s and 70s who got ripped off to this fucking day have none of the money they, they made. It's all in the hands of other people. Right. They got, they signed all the shit. And I remember signing my first deal. They told me I had to sign a publishing deal as well. And it, it's the only, of all nine albums, it's the only album I ever did this on because I was a fucking dipshit. And I was so excited to have a record deal. I was like, oh, we're, we're a fucking, you know, recording artist. And I had to sign this deal that gave away 50% of my publishing on that album. And to this day, wow. I can't find out who the fuck controls it because that label is gone years ago. They sold the catalog. They sold wow. the catalog. Oh There's, my God. When you go on uh, BMI and you see songs I fucking wrote every note of, and it says administered by this company, whoever the fuck they are, that I don't even know who they are. I never signed a deal with them. I have no wow. idea who they are. And it's to, you know, to order, I'm really getting boring now, but to order, <laughs> no, no. To, they say like you have to order a forensic attorney, an accountant attorney who goes oh in, the amount they get to do that, right? You, you better have sold 10 million fucking records because whatever the yeah. label owes you, it's all going to this dude or this girl, you know, because they're charging so much per hour. Horrific. So it's a guaranteed safety mechanism for those guys that you're never coming after them. Because right. you, yeah. you can't fucking afford to. So I just put that down to a lesson. And yeah. ever, ever since that day, we've controlled our own publishing. But it, it's, it seems like the, the treatment of openers was another thing. It was like, no, you, you're doing them good. You're doing them a favor by being a dick because they need to learn this. This is they're cutting their teeth on on this. And I'm like, yeah, oh, fuck, man. I remember when people did it to me. I didn't. Feel oh man, cutting my teeth. I felt like these guys are a bunch of dicks. I never want to play with them again. You yeah. Know? And very often, as is our business, you pass them on their way down. Yes. And it, it's a joyful experience. One hundred percent. Do you think we could do that gig? You're like. I don't know if you want to fucking do it with four channels and no fucking lights, I suppose you can. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you get your 14 piece band up here and let's see how you all do singing into the same mic. Like brother, where art thou? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I, I felt the same way during the pandemic and watching club owners and shit like that. Cause when I started, when I started out, man, I'm like, uh, I loved, I had a set, I had, you know, material that I'd written, but I really liked to kind of, go up free form and i like to improvise when i'm on stage yeah. i love doing crowd work i love talking to the audience that's how i work on stage is how i get material and stuff like that too and i built that over the years but i remember fucking comedians who were headliners who could not do what i did and so they would say to the club owner i don't want him doing that and it would yeah. ruin the fun it yeah. would be no fun yeah. and i knew that that was the thing because they would set you up to fucking fail because they were mediocre and i'd be like well then move me up i, I could yeah, do it yeah, and then yeah, they'd be like yeah. no 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 we're not paying you more yeah and well the why hierarchy. The hierarchy yeah exactly must be maintained yeah. yeah and the only way the, the fucked up thing about a comedy club i don't know if this is the same way it works with um like uh venues that musicians perform in but you literally have to fucking leave the club and not show up 
So you have to abandon work. Yeah. Like the only way they'll move you up in a comedy club for the most part is if, unless they're just, they make sense and they're smart and they're super nice, which is rare. But is if you fucking go, okay, you know what? I'm not going to middle anymore. I'm a headliner yeah. now. And then yeah. they go, okay, fuck off guy. Yeah. We don't need yeah. you. Cause we've got yeah. like, we've got a bunch of headliners who never made it to get TV shows. So they're not going anywhere. What the fuck do we, you know? Yeah. And then, um, but you do, you leave and then you wind up coming back and doing it and they're all sweet as pie and nice as shit. And then it's like, they wonder why like the guys who become super famous or they were in movies are like, you know, oh, Kevin James used to perform here, but he doesn't come back anymore. Yeah, because you yeah. guys are fucking dicks. Yeah. And you were dicks <laughs> yeah. everybody. That's yeah. why. Who the fuck wants to come work for you it's again? It's funny and I definitely think it's tougher in your business too. I think for for me, where I see it is, uh, you know, in Ireland's a good example. We were, we were doing a gig in Killarney uh, which is a tourist town. It was just what we tried to do on that tour is do a gig that the Americans will dig being there. So it's not just a main city tour. We'll do Dublin, right. we'll play Cork, and we'll play, you know, what Belfast, the last tour we did, Belfast, Galway, all mm -hmm. great fun places to play. But you want to do something somewhere where it's a bit more touristy. So it's tougher to get a gig. It's tougher to get a decent gig in these towns. They're just hotels mostly with bars or whatever. So we were doing this one show uh at this little club and the it turned out that the manager was an english guy which is not relevant to the story we're all good with the english now don't, I'm, I'm not about to start bashing the fucking brits although I, I could if you want me to but i won't and uh, go for it my tour manager was there and uh he called me and, and i said did he give you a, a a dress room or somewhere we can leave our our wallet our fucking you know your, your dry clothes for after the gig or whatever and mm -hmm. he goes no and my tour manager at the time he just actually retired martin's from sheffield so they were oh. sort of getting along but i Eki thump, any place we can put stuff we need to just leave that wallets and stuff and the guy was like oh no mate we don't have anything like that nothing like that no you just have to i mean you could be in this booth here if you want but i'll have punters in there probably halfway to your show go, well then that's fucking useless how right. can i do that yeah nobody believes the people were going to bring so lo and behold the hundred and i think it was 130 at that trip americans show up at this bar bang on time plus the irish fans it's a tuesday night and his club is now fucking mobbed at seven o'clock wall to wall pints flowing all the rest of it we do our gig halfway through our gig we all leave the stage and our fiddle player does a solo mm -hmm. as i leave the stage your man's standing right there he goes fuck you out mate brilliant oh God. what do you need what are you drinking you know and i suddenly saw the whole vibe change and then he says we've got a little room over here for you lot you know what i'm going yeah really and turned into the nice guy in the world and you know i'm not complaining we right we, we, we drank three pints for the rest of the night but it was that happens to us more than them being dicks the whole night. It's just in the beginning. They're, if they don't know you, they haven't seen the show. They don't know what the fuck, right. how, many, how many people you're going to bring or whatever. Yeah. And that will affect yeah. it. But I, we end up going back the next time, and it's a totally different experience with right. the venue. And I just, I just let it go. I go, yeah. You have some, some of them. Sometimes you have to do that kind of shit. I know exactly what you mean. It's like yeah. I walked into a club one time, and they didn't know that I was a comedian, and they yeah. treated me like shit. Yeah. And they were like, what are you, you know, what are you doing back here? You're not supposed to be back here. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I'm the comic. I'm on the show. Oh, and I was like, God damn, I just walked in the door. Like, yeah. what if I, what if I was a fucking I'm audience still, member? still a person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, I Jesus Christ. It's funny. Just what you, you, you popped up a little comment there. One of your people said uh, about labels are different. Yeah. That, that is the big thing you see is that the internet's changed <laughs> at all now. If, yeah. if you want to 
record an album right now here in this little studio behind me you can have it out to the world yeah. tomorrow yeah. and the labels have had to read that's why those deals are non-existent anymore now you've got 50 50 deals you know you record it we'll promote it and right. no, nobody you know we split the money on the on the album but we've we've gone the way everybody goes and at our stage you know we're not going to break tomorrow at 57 i'm not going to be the new big thing so <laughs> i so i have no fucking illusions about anybody you know jimmy kimmel was amazing to us he put us on twice nice uh, we, we've gotten the, a lot of showbiz people have given us breaks where i don't need a big high level publicist i don't need a you know a record label to get me on the road we do it ourselves and we let mm -hmm. we we ask our supporters to buy the album in advance Nice. And we raise all the money we need to make the record and we don't owe anybody money back. We just, they get this, the album they bought. And then if they want to go up on our website, youngdubliners.com, uh, you can pledge different levels. And, you know, the top one is you come to Ireland with us on the tour. And then down nice. the line, it goes all the way down to like a download where it's like, you'll get a stinking download, but on your phone, <laughs> you will never even see us admit us. But, uh, but it's worked out great. great and and we've gotten you know the, the only downside was not having an a and or man meant that i kept writing and rewriting and rewriting because there was nobody there to tell me hey fuck stick you have to deliver this on wednesday or it's not coming out on patty's day you know right yeah. and, and labels want the album like in november for a, a march release for all the work they could do where now you know we don't have to do any of that we can make the album the only reason we make cds anymore is to have something to sign at a gig oh, it's, it's absolutely wow. i don't think anybody that buys it even has a fucking cd player anymore <laughs> but, but they, they they just want to get the you know dear joe well done man fair yep. to you keith you know or whatever yeah that's uh, true so we make a limited uh, amount of them and now of course we have to make vinyl again because it's cool even though most of the fucking people don't have a, 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 <laughs> a record an LP, player an lp player either but but the cool ones do of course uh, yeah so we're going to do that but it's all it's all going full circle yeah I, I bought a vinyl at a record uh, at, a, at a concert the other day and i literally was walking out going why the fuck did i do this where am i gonna <laughs> i was like what, what am i gonna but it comes with a digital download which is also fucking ridiculous yeah, too because i've got an iphone and I, yeah. and I can't do anything with it exactly and this is the changing world we have is that my brother collects vinyl and it's unbelievable you can sit there with him drinking some night and he pulls out you know fucking early bowie stuff wow clash uh you know the skids all the shit that was out when i was a kid that probably i mean the one band that influenced me uh more than any band was big country and oh big country's the, great early big country they've got uh i've, I've done a, a song on the new album that's a complete tribute to them and anybody who knows them will hear the riff and the harmony guitars oh, nice. and go, oh yeah that's fucking sounds like big country but not many people over here know them i think they had the one big hit in america named big uh, country yeah in a big country <laughs> yep. stay with you great <laughs> do, 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 do. when i heard electric guitars playing celtic riffs that's what fucking got me going on this thing wow i suddenly thought holy shit look at that like i was used to being in pubs you know my dad or whatever here in, in the corner and i mean that music irish traditional music is still one of the greatest gifts to the fucking world ever yeah but for some reason I don't give a fuck if you've been off the booze for 30 years. You walk into a bar like that, your life can go to shit fast because <laughs> it's very difficult to listen to an amazing 
like to see the chieftains in a bar or something just going at it you're, you're gonna start drinking pints again i've time. seen the chieftains live man they were fucking great my stepdad was irish uh, irish he passed away a couple of years ago but we used to go when i was a kid it's the first time i ever been to a scotch irish fest yeah and he used to go to all of them him and my mom used to go to all of them we used to see the chief the chieftains play um seven nations you know seven nations i did a tour with them Oh, nice. Yeah, Seven Nations that got yeah. all their albums. That's where I, I swear to God, we saw you guys. I bet you did, because we did a thing called the Obruda Tour. Yes. And it was, it was all Seven Nations and Great Big Sea from right. Canada. And the idea was you'd have a band from the West Coast, East Coast, and then Canadian. And we rotated the headliner. So Florida was where 7N were based. Kirk and the boys, great friends of ours for years now. Oh, nice. And uh, that was one of my favorite tours. Yeah. All three of us, we all had our bus in... I was sponsored by Killian's Irish Red at the time, oh, right. uh, oh, wow. which, which had been just taken over by Coors. Uh, so it was really Coors, but they gave us a bus with a big fucking decal. So we, our bus, quite typically, was a big b bottle of beer going down the fucking freeway. Oh, that's fucking uh, and then 7N were sponsored by Doers, I think. Uh, and they had their bus, and Great BC weren't sponsored by anybody because nobody was going to drive through America with a Canadian beer on your phone. But uh, <laughs> it, it was but a brilliant tour and just the camaraderie between the bands nice. was, was something else. But yeah, that was 7N were sort of like a Scottish yeah. uh, idea of where he had heard, you know, bagpipes and stuff and loved them and thought, what would it be like if you did rock and roll with bagpipes? Oh, yeah. And as I told him, it'll be hellacious. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys do South Street Seaport with them? Yes. That's, that's yeah. That that's was a, that was the, that was the New York stop. That's the one I was at on that tour. Yeah, South Street Seaport, man. Yeah, it was great. Uh, and I'm pretty sure some of you were drinking up in the bar afterwards. That, that doesn't sound like us. No, I know. I know. I was gonna say, it, but I somebody else. You're thinking of some other band. We, yeah, I must we have. were probably having in one of the buses doing a prayer vigil or something. Or, <laughs> but, but you know what we used to do, which was great, was a couple of times the bus drivers parked the buses, the three of them in a triangle, so we mm. could party in the middle of it. it wouldn't oh, matter nice. where the fuck you were, nobody could see you. But we, we had a couple of times where we had we would team the bus. So, you know, Great Big C's bus was classic rock. Mm -hmm. uh, Seven N's bus was all Mexican music. And our bus was fucking something else. And you, it, we had such a laugh. It was just oh, a, a great. great time. And it's funny because with the price of gas, I don't think we'll ever be able to do that again. No. But, no. But it, was, it was nice while it lasted. But they're, they're all great guys. I mean, America has a big history of, uh, of great interpretations of either Scottish culture or the Irish culture or the Mexican culture. I mean, I did a gig with Los Lobos, one of my favorite oh, no bands of all time. And we talked about it backstage. They drank more fucking whiskey than we did. <laughs> Those guys are unbelievable whiskey drinkers. Brilliant. Yeah. And uh, we all hung out afterwards and talked about how they saw the similarities between the Irish struggle and the Mexican struggle. And all that. It's a, uh, it's fun doing it. The, the one band I would love to go on the road is also Motley. Because I feel like that would be a great double bill. And oh, we wait, you broke up. What was the band's name? Ozomotli. Oh, okay, okay, nice. Yeah, yeah. Ozomotli. Because I feel like that would be, they're doing, they're bringing their, you know, cultural music into their version of what what the the, the rock would be, and it's kind of what we do with the, with the Irish stuff. And I think that would be to me that's a much more interesting gig to go see than three bands who sound the fucking same. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. And unfortunately, that's what happens. You have the headliner. And the band that looked up to them and got on the same agency or label and so they were given the opening slot mm -hmm. and you end up watching fucking one band after another yeah. you know uh, i think, I think they just call that the grammys now yes <laughs> <laughs> pretty i think that's what they call that right? careful 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 i know Shh. 
We have to go. I'm not going to start knocking the comedy festivals to get you fucked off. <laughs> Although, don't worry, you can mention the Grammys all you like. It's the chances of young Dubliners being on the Grammys, I can assure you. We'll make it happen. Very We're going to exactly. send them letters. They just need like to the do, movement. They, they just start a new, if they could just come up with a new thing like a new uh genre or something would it That's fucking right. kill them that you you would think i would like just one year where all the typical award shows deviated from their the same fucking bull How, yeah. you know you know what i mean like the oscars and all that other crap like just fucking leave that shit alone well, and exactly. then and then well, put the bands that everybody because i don't know anybody that solely listens to the shit that plays at the grammy awards every year you know what i mean but right. i do well, know well, you, what you know. you're saying is true, though. It's, that's what Will Smith thought as well, and he decided to... <laughs> he took action. We had to go... Sorry, we talked about it on the MS show. We did. I had to. I had to at least just tag the mother, because hopefully <laughs> now you can hashtag MS show. <laughs> we, we talked about Will Smith. But uh, but you're, you're right, though. I mean, to me, I'd love to see an award for it. Now the Grammy goes to band on the fucking road more than anybody else, playing oh. single-handedly, keeping venues open on that mediocre middle, not mediocre, wrong fucking word, on the, 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 the because you know, I'm sure, I bet comedy is the same. There's probably a stack of comedians who work, as you said, those middle slots. Yeah. They've never broken out, but it, without them, they can't fill the night. Oh, absolutely. And, and loads of them are, are brilliant. And I, I feel the same way. There's so many bands that we meet on the road who are really well known out there and who are selling decent sized venues out, but they've never had a hit. Yeah. They've, ne they've never had that big label treatment, you know, but, but we're all out there working and we have our little sort of a circuit going where they all see my posters. I see their posters everywhere we go. Yeah. These are, these are bands that, you know, you'll never hear about in the main, main, mainstream. And it sucks, too, because when you know how a hit, like when something like that, you know how something like that lands. If you know another band or whatever, and you feel like you know the process of how that thing yeah. hits, you're like, God damn, they could really do that for any of us. You know what I mean? Like they could yeah. make it, you know, they everybody like nobody wants. The, the thing I think they miss out on is that no comedian or musician or artist in general wants something bad to go out and hit. Yeah. You don't want that. You don't, you're, it's not like we're it's not like we're actively passing off fucking garbage and going, yeah, yeah fucking make a hit out of it, take yeah. it or whatever. We it's not the case. We, on purpose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we want the best work we possibly have out there. I, I really, I always think about this. If I ever become rich or whatever the hell it is, I would love to start some kind of, uh, I don't know, of like a company or whatever it is that works with artists and has like. Because I know so many people in PR and PR mystifies the shit out of me because it is all kind of smoke and mirrors bull. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I get why it's necessary, but sometimes I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I would love to go, okay, this person's a PR person and they're making money hand over fist. Yeah. Well, here's a young artist. Let's get them together and yeah. go. They'll just do a handshake deal or sign a contract and go. If you help this person out and they raise, you know, opera or they, or they get bigger or whatever that's your person you'll all be making money together and yeah. the same thing with like any kind of like that way you can get new people into the mix and everybody kind of but nobody wants to do that man it's no, it's fucked up it's well it's just it's the you know it's the the gap grows bigger all the time i, I sometimes i watch the grammys and the funny thing for me is i don't even fucking know some of the people on there like i don't right. what format what radio stations are still breaking bands because we never yeah. you know for us uh AAA radio had just started i've got a, a billboard magazine filed away somewhere where it's dave matthews alanis morissette and us wow in the top 20 from a uh, triple a radio 
right. but it came out and it was the deep cut, you know, it was going to be the deep cut radio station and they weren't going to follow the fads and they were just going to play a single 50 times a day because they were getting payola to do it. Or whatever. Sure. And it was funny that the minute they did that, bands like us got on the fucking radio. And yeah. there was loads of bands and Dave Matthews and Alanis, I think is probably the first station that played them. And then they crossed over to, uh, to Alternative and, you know, everything else. And uh, we didn't. And wow. the rest is history, which is why fucking I'm crazy, fucking man. sitting here trying to make another fucking album. <laughs> <laughs> My idea was one album, loads of fucking money. It seemed easy. Just write the song, stick it out there. And off yeah. you go. Turns out not so much. You actually have to practice and uh, do shitty opening gigs and drive the fucking headliner around in his car while you're jerking up. <laughs> <laughs> What a, what a great way to wrap up. I think that was, I just, did you feel it? You did pulled it, it you pulled it. it. feel like the drink was fucking empty? I did. That was great. Nicely done. Oh my God. I'm going to ask you the big three. I'm going to ask you the big three questions that we asked. And I think yes. we asked you two last time you were on. We may not have had any questions at Listen, the end. Listen, it was St. Patrick's Day. I think it just went to hell as we drank and drank. I yeah. don't think any of us remember the fucking No, that's, that's, the so, long, that, that's the lost episode. Yeah, you know, uh, God knows what you asked me. It's still there. Uh, first question is, if you go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Um, that's a good one. Cause I've thought about this a lot. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, th I think, uh, I would have been more ballsy and confident that we were going to do well without going with all the standard shit that was being thrown at us. Because I think it really, it fucked up the first, uh, four or five years of the band be feeling limited in what we could do because we listened to the, the record company we listened to managers who you know may not necessarily have had our best interests but right. we were so young and and naive that all the stuff i know now about it, i go back and say lads let's just hold off till we get an offer from somebody who really gets the band and uh, let's just get out there and play but i didn't nice wow yeah. um and then second question what had to end in your life good or bad that led you to where you are today uh, a career in journalism really which didn't start really but i did come out to america to do that wow uh, and i got a job at pbs uh and i was wow. doing i was doing wasn't really a job you know it's what they call jobs at that stage or in yeah, yeah and uh i was working for the sweetheart of a lady it was a show in la that used to be called uh it came on right after the mcnear laird news hour there was a five minute local because it was a national gig and then there was a five minute local part mm. and my job was to get stories on it and uh i just realized really quickly that this wasn't for me and then a strange set of circumstances me buying the pub that i, I owned in santa monica back in 92 and that's where you know that's where we all met us and Dave King, who's now flogging Molly. And right. uh, my bar became a, a big hub for a lot of great shit that happened for us wow. and, and for other bands and for, you know, a, a lot of a lot of just friendships and stuff that have lasted years. And that was all because I failed as a journalist. <laughs> wow. wow. I did not know that, man. That's yeah. great. What kind of journalist did you want to be? The one that makes loads of money and has his own show and, and, uh, <laughs> and, and gets to say, you're in the situation room. <laughs> I was going to say Wolf Blitzer. <laughs> I'm, I'm Wolf O Blitzer. And <laughs> I'm oh, Wolf Shitfaced. And you're here. <laughs> but, but yeah, so, so that, yeah, that didn't work out for me. And wow. I am. 
I'm glad it didn't work out, man. That's great. Um, and the well, last question ties hold on, in. Before you do the last question, I just want sure. to thank everybody out there for listening. If you have any questions, make sure you get them in. And I know uh, Polly Chase has been one. I also want to thank you, Polly, for all the support in tonight's episode. He was gifting a bunch of subscriptions out there. Wow. But he had mentioned uh, because all right, he said it might be too heavy for the show. But I thought, why not bring it up before we go? Because it's a good mm-hmm. question. He says, what do you think about the whole? Uh, he's a big history buff, yeah. right? So he was asking, soon Ireland might not exist be- from a historical perspective, and that makes him so sad because of like demigration, uh, demographics, immigration, all of Europe is, uh, he said, fucked, basically. Mm-hmm. But he worried about Ireland being the first to go. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'll put him at ease and tell you that for the first time since before the Irish famine, we're over 5 million. Uh, people, have, I mean, it took a lot of serious fucking but uh it, it took a it took a lot of 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 keeping your wits about you at night long enough to get that job done make right. some babies but no <laughs> I, I ireland is uh ireland's doing pretty good i mean the, the, the thing about what's going on in the world everywhere and in ireland was there's a big rush to you know the european union and do away with borders and you know we should all do this and there's many advantages to that but I discovered one of the strange versions of that was when the when the uh, wall came down uh, with the Soviet collapse and the wall came down. A lot of East Europeans decided they wanted to go to Ireland. And we had been so gifted in America, everybody welcoming us. And Ireland had been, the Irish were welcomed in, you know, everywhere, not always originally, initially, but eventually in the, to these days now. So the feeling was, of course, we're going to let in uh, people now and pay it back but 60,000 Polish people decided to go to Ireland and what happened was they started doing all a lot of the jobs that the Irish had done in the hospitality sector so mm. meant here's me coming over with my 120 Americans to bring them into an authentic Irish pub and it was there was Polish people who didn't necessarily speak English to no fault of their own they just hadn't been there long enough yet to learn it but it started to change the vibe a little bit And my thought was, when you do something like that, absolutely welcome people in, but use your noggin about how to assimilate people into it and try to keep your your identity, which is why so many, because tourism is what kept Ireland up. So you just have to be, you you can be careful without being a fucking dickhead, you know what I mean? There's a a way to do it. But to tell your, your, your buddy, yeah, Ireland's definitely doing well at the moment, COVID, was massive in Ireland because they locked down like a mother, and it was it the the all my musician buddies they didn't get the help we got over here. They got a little oh. bit of help, but nowhere near the level we did here, uh, with the unemployment being extended to right. self-employed people. Uh, so they've had a really rough time of it, but it seems to be coming back. And I mean, uh, it's when I was back home in November, the the joy just to have live music. But that was somewhere where I really experienced that, where people were just so happy to be in a packed bar. And I was just up there on stage, you know, sweating as I do, looking out at this packed house of Americans and Irish all together, <laughs> thinking, thinking to myself, I'm not just a musician, I'm a super spreader. <laughs> <laughs> this is my fucking fault. But we got everybody back safe and sound. But yeah, so I, I don't think it's gonna happen uh, the way he fears, I mean, who knows? 100, 200 years from now, what the fuck's going to be going on? But Ireland is alive and well, and uh, the pint is still very good, although way the fuck overpriced. (laughs) Way overpriced. Nice. Yes. Um, All right, last question. Go ahead, nail question number three. Uh, So, ties into the show, if this was a genuine dystopia, 
and it was the last day on earth for everybody zombies aliens uh, comet coming to hit the earth what would be your epic death how would you want to go out well not to sound too stereotypical but <laughs> i would you know i was always like okay here's i'll drag it into the deep area when you get to my ripe age uh, and you've been doing this for years you know our business is known as kind of like a peter pan business you don't yeah. you hopefully mature in your intellect or, or in your knowledge but you're still a fucking baby up there just <laughs> wanting to jump around and be 21 forever you know so right. when people like anthony bourdain what happened to him and chris cornell and stuff it was a gut punch to me because you see people seemingly at the top of their game yeah. and so it made me for the first time ever think about what the fuck would make somebody do like how down do you have to be for you to take your own life that way and then i love to fish so i go off out off the coast here morrow bay and avila beach and i go way the fuck out there in my little boat that doesn't look like i have any business being that deep in this <laughs> boat and I, I thought to myself what would you like would you just jump off or something, mm -hmm. you know, but then I think, no, it's way too fucking cold. And what, what, what happens if a fucking shark gets me before I drown or something? I don't right. that. I don't, I don't be like, I'm just going to dream. Oh, fuck! You know, and you're being dragged <laughs> through the water by fucking jaws. So I decided against that, that that wouldn't be the way to go. But mm -hmm. I think now the way to go would be edibles. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> I love it. An nice. enormous amount of gummies. Uh, with an enormous amount of uh, and you know that movie that I'm sure you've seen don't look up brilliant oh, fucking movie. great I mean that's what came to mind when you said that yeah uh, I could just see me with all my loved ones all my friends were eating fucking 50 milligram maybe 100 milligram fucking gummies <laughs> that's, but they're but each one is the size of a little vitamin fucking gummy you know <laughs> so you're you don't have to like just like boom. <laughs> and I've been on some pretty serious gummies and i know for a fact i won't give a fuck <laughs> yeah absolutely man it hits and you're just floating on a rock well just i've just I, i've been given really shitty news while extremely fucking high and uh it's definitely not a good way to give me shitty news because right. you're not going to get the reaction you're looking for <laughs> my, my parents were killed in an accident oh have a drink oh, uh. <laughs> just the wrong reaction so i would hope that if somebody came into the room and said dude uh i don't know if you heard but the mad fucker in moscow has hit the button and apparently we were so shocked that we, while going he did what instead of hitting our fucking button uh and so we hit our button just a little later and we're all <laughs> fucked and you basically got 15 minutes i would be like fuck it that dispensary i fucked that security guard at the door i'm not showing my id i'm coming through in a fucking armored vehicle or something and i'm grabbing those 50 milligram gummies and i'm going out i'm going out with a smile on my face <laughs> Yeah, I'm just um, imagining them going false alarm and you're just breaking out of that store with gummies. The, the, the fucking beauty of it though, false alarm. It's okay, you'll come down. Yeah. And, and then you'll yep. go like, what the f Jesus. Absolutely. What? And they'll be like, we're still here. And you'll be like, fuck, I've ruined, yeah. I've raised my tolerance to an unaffordable <laughs> level now. Now I won't be able to get high on the fucking you five the milligram. God damn it. <laughs> Who fucking said the world was... <laughs> Whose fault is that? Oh, my God. Love it, man. Thank you so much for coming Thank on and joining us Thank you for having man. me, boys. This is a... Cheers. I love it because it's so out of my normal uh, thing and not about music and just about being 
a fucking agent, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you allow me to be a fucking agent. And, uh, yeah. I thank you. We appreciate you, you joining us, us being agents yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to the party. Good job, <laughs> this boys. is the place to do it. Take Cheers. care. Thank we'll, you. See, we'll see you soon. And I'm closing this so you don't see my Jeffrey to me. Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> that was great. That uh, was a great ending, by the that way. That was. That was fucking awesome. What a great guy. Oh, my God.